Hey everyone, and welcome to the Diving In Podcast. My name is Max, and I'm here with my co-host and very good friend, Mario. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? And this is episode one of a series that aims to enlighten folks in similar situations that we find ourselves, such as where to go, what to do, and how to adjust your lifestyle once you are officially done going through the educational system. Yep. Just like Max said, we want to touch those points where you're done with your final exam at college and you're about to begin working in a nine to five job. So we understand there's a lot of stigma behind a nine to five job and that a lot of people don't really like it. So we really want to touch those points. Um, We really want to be able to condition your brain to adjust because we know that when you're in school, life is relaxing, it's free. So we want to help you adjust once you're done with school. 100%. It's time to hustle. It's time to grind. It's time to do whatever you're passionate about and not look back. So if you are thinking about going to college or dropping out of school, if you are struggling with your nine to five job, if you're a hustler every day doing the entrepreneurial lifestyle, we are here for you. Yep. Just like Max said, you know, you really want to build a community of awesome, dope, creative people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that's the goal of this podcast. And that being said, let us dive in into today's topics. And thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you enjoy. All right. Now let's dive in here. So how we envision this in our head per episode is we would like to pick anywhere from two to three topics um, per episode. And they're going to range from tippets, lessons we've learned, ways to market yourself, way to build your networking tree. Um, We're going to have special guest interviews that are going to be able to enlighten us in all realms of business, music, production, engineering, etc. And that's what we're really excited about. As we grow our networking tree, we want to get that information out to all you and really build a community that we can all work together and collaborate. And um. That's the foundation of what we'd like to do with this podcast in the end. Um, so that's how we plan to get this, the ball rolling with these episodes. Um, so without further ado, let me and Mario uh, explain to you a little bit about our educational experience, um, what we learned, what we came away with, where we went, etc. cetera. Um, so I'll let my buddy Mario take it away first. So, man, everything that Zach said, that's so true. So that's our goal for this podcast. We're going to do all that good stuff. So we're going to get you ready. Um, so just a little background about myself, man. You know, um, from born and raised in West Philly, uh, went to my senior Barnard high school. Um, and then after that, you know, I went to Duquesne. So kind of going into Duquesne, I really knew what I wanted to do. I knew that uh, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur, study um, entrepreneurship and uh as I went into Duquesne, um, as I went down the road there, I kind of like got into like international business and everything as well. So that, you know, one thing led to the next, uh, during my time at Duquesne, man, like I've been to India, uh, went traveling with some other friends around, you know, like different parts of the country and stuff like yeah, that. Traveling is important, man. So yeah, I mean, traveling is it's essential, man. I tell everybody mm-hmm. like you got to travel at some point in your life, man. Cause no it doubt. just opens you up to the whole world. No doubt. Um, so yeah, kind of going back to my journey at Duquesne, you know, it was definitely a fun ride. You know, I met some, so many great people like my man, Max here. So, uh, yeah, I mean like Duquesne was so awesome. Definitely thinking about it all the time, really miss it a lot. And after I 
Duquesne, you know, I knew that Pittsburgh necessarily wasn't a place that I wanted to stay. So I kind of came back home and went to Drexel where I got a master's degree in information systems. And then from there, you know, it was about a two year program, 15 months technically. And from there, you know, after I was done, I went to Japan for about two weeks. So it was definitely lit. You know, I remember when I was over there, <laughs> just up. talking to him, you know, telling him what's up. Like we out here doing that type of thing. So, I mean, that's a little bit about myself. So Max is going to talk about his uh, background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, travel is so important, dude. You you can get stuck so easily in a singular culture that you're not even aware of what else is out there. And so it's important to go and experience new um, lifestyles and things along those lines. But that being said, man, I'm so happy our paths crossed together. Um, me and Mario became really good friends. Right CS class. Yeah, we had <laughs> fucking we went through the shits of classes together in college. Um, but we have like minded goals. We work hard and we're excited to do this. So. Um, let me get back into my background a little bit. So I grew up right outside the city limits of Philadelphia and I was a decent student in school. I mean, I was, I was, I, my entire educational career can be summed up in, um, was it three words? Just getting by. <laughs> right. <laughs> I honestly, I just did whatever it took to get by. Dude. I enjoyed the classes I found interesting, but those classes were, you know, like, computer classes um engineering classes right. things that weren't too extensive and the high school but yeah fun to you know get my hands dirty but as far as english which i was really good at but i couldn't stand math no practicality and what i'm doing in my life with that not to not to bash math because math is cool and <laughs> whatnot um it's important kids but yeah but <laughs> You have to be interested for your own well-being, not just for a curriculum in school. And that's a very important key. But anyway, I'm getting off track here. So I ended up going to Duquesne University. My my spring of 2014, my last year in high school, I applied to like 12, 13 schools. I got into around 11 of them. Colorado Boulder, South Carolina, High Point, Elon, Temple, and Colorado Boulder would have been my dream, but, you know, it was just too expensive out of state. So I ended up going with a safe bet, going to Pittsburgh, going to Duquesne University, right downtown um, in the Berg. And I don't regret it for a second. It's a great school, great people, great fucking city. People give Pittsburgh such a bad rep, but I mean, they're scumbags, no doubt. But <laughs> I, I love the culture. It's just like a smaller, more sense of community just because so, Philly's so damn big. So, I mean, before I kind of didn't want to interrupt here. No, but go like, for it. Bro, you applied to 13 schools? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, <laughs> dude, I waited my whole life to go to college. I was so excited. I wanted to do like the, the big football school. I wanted true, the whole true. experience. Yeah, I, definitely. Never for a second did I think, ooh, I want to go to this school for their business program or for that. I went to school undecided. I was damn near undecided until well into my sophomore year, which is not... I mean, people tell you to go undecided until you figure out what you want to do, right. which I would... I mean, I would pass that advice along, no doubt. Yeah. But in my situation, I ended up having to take a lot of prerequisite classes that did not pertain to the major I ended up, ended up falling sure. into, which was computer science. So I started off undecided. Then I tried physics, failed my first physics course, the only class I ever failed at in college or withdrew from. Bruh, physics is hard, man. It's hard. 
dude it, it it was not general ass physics dude it was fucking that shit was hard dude all those equations but just horrible as a lecture style yeah so yeah, anyway yeah. that was my first major that didn't last more than a semester try getting into a biomedical engineering um degree which just was announced at my school after i had started and um yeah, so I tried getting in there, but you had to begin that degree as a freshman, so that didn't last long. So, long story short, one of my best friends from high school ran track there, Chris Kazanjian. Shout out to my boy. He'll big shout maybe out. We'll, maybe we'll try bring him on the podcast at some point. Got to get him on. Amazing here. athlete, identical twin, both fast as hell. I don't know who's faster, probably <laughs> Matt. But long story short, my best friend ended up in a similar situation. He started off with a computer science degree, and I figured, what the hell? I mean, it's a great industry. Technology's not going anywhere. And my mindset, once I got my feet rolling in there, was that um, with computer science, they'd be teaching me a skill. They'd be teaching me how to code. They'd be teaching me how to read different languages, how to access different technologies. So I kind of saw it as instead of getting a, you know, bullshit business degree or... So entrepreneurship sound dude entrepreneurship is the coolest thing but i feel right, like was, going to college for entrepreneurship yeah, is true, true. counterintuitive but i mean right i'm more I, trust me i'm jealous don't of. get me wrong man like having that whole experience like entrepreneurship it was so cool because like real rap you were not in the class at all like real shit we were barely yeah in you got you got you met people you're yeah. experiencing the come right. ups of startups yep. and shit yep. yeah so we actually went out and networked. we got to see like angel investors and all that type of stuff so like that's I. That's the reason why I would say, yeah. Yeah, you, I was what, happy about doing that in college. Where do you find angel investors at? Do you have Bro. any idea? <laughs> I didn't even know, man. Like what angel unicorn. investors was until we went to the meeting. Like our professor told us, like, hey, we're about to go in and sit in on some angel investors and see how that whole process worked. Like that shit was so lit, man. You know, being able to understand what due diligence was and going through that whole process of like how they decide to invest in businesses. Like, that whole process was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume, I mean, they have money to invest, so they come from experience. Um, right, so... With that being said, any angel investors out there... Hit us yeah, up. Yeah, hit us <laughs> up, dude. I mean, let's let's talk. <laughs> All right, back to my... I'll wrap this up real quick. So, yeah, I ended up finishing with a computer science degree in um, a span of four years. Me and Mario first met each other in one of um, my introductory courses. So CS he's Paris. actually, yeah, intro to Java. CS, yeah, intro to Java, <laughs> baby. Shout out, uh, Professor Shoshani. Yep, <laughs> great lady, better mentor. But yeah, so Mario was actually a year above me, so he was taking that as um, just as an, elective. as an elective, yeah, yeah. And that was my first course in computer science. So that's how we linked up. Fast forward a year later, you know, it's. And this is another topic we're going to get into. I'm referring to getting internships, getting job experiences, getting out there while you're still in college, or even if you don't go to college, it's important to get your foot in the door with right. anything from a startup to a Salesforce company to telecommunications, cold calling. Do that shit now while you're in college, while you don't have bills to pay, because right. trust me, you're not going to be getting paid for that no. shit. Yeah. But yeah. it's good to put on your resume. I mean, right. we'll get into all that bullshit later. I mean, yeah. whether Let me hop in here real not, quick. So, yeah, I mean, one thing it. to add, too, like, if you and any of your friends, like, while you're in school, have any ideas of starting a business, I would definitely say, like, go for it. You know, come together, come together as a group and, like, start a business. Like, that's something that I wish, like, me and Max, you know, would have probably, like, sat well, down and that, thought about. In the early more. stages or... Probably like, I mean, maybe even junior year when we first met, 
you know, just kind of like sat down and thought about some business ideas that we yeah. wanted to start. You know, we we're, we were young and dumb though. We yeah, we ain't, you know, know nobody, <laughs> right? Like we didn't really know about that, you know. So, but it's all good. You know, we here now, so that's all yeah. that matters. So, on that note, got an internship in between my junior senior year at a small startup. They were call technically, ready. yeah, call already. <laughs> Shout out, uh, Joe Charleston, CEO. Uh, worked right next to that man, dude. Every right. day, me and Mario, dude. So, yep, yep. it's actually a funny ass story. I was nervous as hell. Got my first internship, dressed to the nines for this <laughs> dumbass startup I was the company. Same way, same way. Yeah, Colorado is a good company. It they is. um, it they is. just have some stuff to figure yeah, out. So, like, shout out to them. If you need any um <laughs> telecommunication software um for your corporation, small business, anything really um, Colorado's they can help. Yeah, be, man, yeah. I would know. give them a call and just yep. see what they can do for you. Um. But on that note, yeah, I dressed to the nines like an idiot. Um, it was hot as hell. I walked to the, I walked from my house in Pittsburgh there. Got there early as hell. I think I was had to be that nine. Got that like say, eight. Yeah, you were all the way on the south side. Yeah, I got that like eight fifty five, which is dumb early for me because I'm like a two o'clock kind of wake up guy. Not good. Do not follow my lead. I'm working on my sleep schedule as we speak. Um, but yeah, I walk in there, I have my coffee, I probably even brought donuts or something, I was all giddy. Um, <laughs> didn't know what to expect whatsoever. I walk in there, there's only one person I see there, he spins his chair around like an evil villain or something like that, and it's <laughs> fucking Mario, dude, my boy, and I was so happy. Right. Because I was just nervous, because I'd be working with these new people, I didn't know what I could bring to the table, because I'm just learning all this coding, like, I haven't been coding my whole life, like half the kids in my major were they've been doing this stuff since they were kids they have family members that do yeah Yeah, i'm i'm like three months into this stuff so i'm like (laughs) i'm not gonna be able to help but i'll try but yeah mario's there made it easier we got lunch every single day shout out china walk yeah you know what it is china walk what's a vespucci ghetto ass pizza place i don't think they're open (laughs) anymore but shout out to them and yeah i mean that is where we really formed um our relationship because we had a lot of time to goof around and really avoid the work we were supposed to be doing. But <laughs> so now nah, we, we did, did anything. Nah, we did good work for them. Mario did some. What? Do you, well, I mean, first I, off, I did some. I did coding reviews. My right, job QA was kind of yeah, quality assurance testing. Right. But yeah, I would have to go through some of the code, um, manually test it, figure right. out what wasn't working the right way write up a test script and then shoot it to the lead software developer and let me just paint a picture of this startup working environment so we're in a co-working space in uptown pittsburgh um so we didn't report to an office we didn't report to some corporate building or something we were in a shared co-working space so we had a little nook in the corner of the space the ceo came in every day he sat down with us we had one hr lady who she ended up leaving like yeah she <laughs> she was she got either canned or fed up but one day she just didn't show up but anyway so there's a ceo an hr lady and a lead developer i worked close with the lead developer he was a cool guy but even he was on his way out as we were leaving um and other than that we would skype with people like they had other workers they had one guy art was the name in wisconsin art, yeah, or something yeah. that dude was my man he's Mustafa cool. was in um egypt, oh yeah right? egypt yeah, yeah i remember right. i talked dope. to him yeah, yeah i talked to so yeah I, we got to network <laughs> with people all over the world right. um for what they had outsourced and whatnot mm-hmm. so yeah that was an all right experience but um as far as like skills i took away from there i mean i forgot everything i learned there Pretty within much, like yeah. two or three months after um, we were done right but 
I mean, all in all, it was definitely a good experience to be able to yeah. you know, work with my man Max here. Yeah, no but doubt. But also meet other people while we were working there. So, I mean, definitely looking back, it was a good experience. Yeah. And did you have any other internship experience other than that? Or? So, I mean, yeah. I guess I can kind of, like, talk about my story a little bit more. So, like, before I had my internship with Call Already, my first internship was with Mass Mutual. Um, finance, being a financial services representative. Uh, so, what that kind of entails is you basically have to take an exam and then become certified as a financial investor services representative. And then from there, you're able to, you know, talk to people. So you can like talk to them and offer them your services such as like life insurance, um, different types of investments and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, like that internship was really cool. Uh, I ended up having it with like a couple people who went to Duquesne, like this one girl that I know, uh, uh, shout out to Jerisma, uh, <laughs> you know, so we were both the same year. My other man, Aaron, you know, he was like a year under me. And my man, um, I can't even remember his name, but he went to Pitt. So Sorry, it was real they cool, ain't man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was real cool. You know, I really enjoyed that internship. Like, uh, it was so cool to be able to like set my own schedule. Everything was like real flexible. Barely had to come into the office and stuff. Um, That's what's and up. really just meet up with people and tell them what I did. But I mean, being a financial services representative or anything that is commission based. Yeah, that sounds heavy, kind of. But yeah, I mean, but like when it comes to like commission based, like you gotta be about the grind. Like you gotta really go in already knowing people. So what was that? Was that your junior year? Yeah. So junior, that was after my junior year. year. Yeah. That was okay. after my junior year of college. Yeah. So like you really gotta be able to come in and like know people right off the bat that you know want to buy your services. Yeah, no doubt. So like, I mean, there was a couple kids there. Like one kid, um, his uh dad worked there, so like he already had all the connections and who to talk to. Oh, and stuff he knew like what that. was going on. In yeah, there. yeah. So he basically grew up in that. But um, with me and, like, some of the other kids, like, we were like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, we don't know anybody. I mean, yeah, they did train us and everything like that. But, you know, we kind of understood the people that we were going to talk to really wasn't looking to buy, you know, life insurance and all that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can so, imagine. I mean, basically what I did, I just went to all the trainings. And if you had, like, a certain <laughs> amount of trainings that you went to, you made money from that. So that's really what I did. And, you know, if you brought, like, one of the basically, like, higher ups, like the senior level guys that's been there longer to the meetings with you. That's how you made money as well. So I did that a few times. But um, I never really saw myself being a financial representative long-term. It was kind of more <laughs> something think, like... You don't think? Nah, bro. Like, I like the flexibility. I like being able yeah. to meet people whenever I wanted to. But Learning uh, the background of that is... Learning, like, the yeah. what goes into that would be significant for oh, yeah. yourself. Yeah. Right, right. And for, I what mean, you're, for whatever you're trying to do, your yeah. financial planning's massive. Right. I mean, that's important, man. Like, because I've been talking to people about that recently. Like, school, you don't learn this stuff in school. So... To be able to, like, at least have a basic understanding of that really helps you so far down the road, yeah, you know? No so, it's important for people to learn. But I never really saw myself being that person that would actually sit down with people and me helping them nah, in their lives yeah. in that way, you know? I see myself yeah. more as a creative person, like, creating, like, different websites, apps, and all that type of stuff. So, I kind of want to be entrepreneurial in that space. Yeah. And you're doing it, too. We'll yeah, get into bro. that um, in, we'll, no, that in the next we'll topic. To, yeah, yeah, next, yeah, we'll next topic, that. next episode, but... um. But yeah, but yeah. Other than that shared internship, me and Mario had. I um, so I walked in graduation in the spring of 2018. You know, yeah. unexpected with all my friends and whatnot. But Wish I was there. Yeah, you you, <laughs> met, you screwed up big time, dude. <laughs> I gave a little peace sign when I got up on stage. Damn, took a little selfie Yo. like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was like dancing when I got up on stage from my eyes. So uh, really you cool. had it, dude. It was fucking <laughs> broken shit now because of it. Right, but um. <laughs> But anyway, that wasn't the end of my college career. I had a 
do some bullshit uh, senior project in my major to officially receive my graduation. So I ended up staying that whole summer of 2018 in Pittsburgh. Um, There I had a mentor reach out to me who was a kid who was um, a grade or two above me, uh, Brady Shan, probably one of the hardest working and smartest people I know. Shout out to Brady. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Hera Global Tech, which is his biotech company. That he started and he came to the Duquesne Computer Science Lab looking for help and some collaboration because he was, he partnered with a professor from Duquesne and with an affiliate out in India. And this product is, was designed to be worn by individuals in third world countries and it would read what their company more or less was, um, was a patch that you would wear on your body. This is primarily for females traveling alone at night or don't have law enforcement around the corner like we do in America. So places kind of like India, certain regions in China, you know, there are bad areas out there in this world. So anyway, this patch that you would wear would detect uh, stress levels. Uh, it would have blood monitor in it, heart rate, all that good stuff. And it um, manipulated all that data it was receiving into an algorithm and what it would more or less do is detect stress levels so if you're walking if you're traveling home from work on a bus late at night you're a petite female you're by yourself you're in a sketchy region of wherever you are and there's not law enforcement everywhere like in places around the world they really just make you fend for yourself so what this patch would do is it would detect stress level and if you got to um like an x amount of stress or your heart rate was at you know level x or something along those lines then this patch would dispatch an alert to local police enforcement and a family tree or a community that you uploaded into the application that corresponded with the patch and once this monitor um once this alert was dispatched if you were having a heart attack or if you were being attacked or followed or anything was wrong with you and you didn't have access to a phone or um local law enforcement then yeah so this application connected to the heart rate would dispatch an alert and send out SMS text messages to anyone around you that might be able to respond quicker than local police or something along those lines. So my job at this internship was developing the mobile application that was associated with the patch. And this was a very exciting experience because I've built apps in the past, literally just copy and paste and code more or less from YouTube tutorials and whatnot. But this was the first experience I had um working side by side with a CTO, my buddy Brady, um, developing the app more or less from scratch, adding features, making it user friendly, making it look good, making it efficient in its response time and who it reached out to. And we also incorporate a Google Maps feature that would send you the exact location that um this patch would dispatch an alert from so if anything were to go wrong and you didn't have access to a phone or to someone who could help you then it it might be too late but it'll get people it'll give you the clues on to where to find someone or where to help someone so that was the basis behind what hair global tech does um they've kind of transitioned into the rehab facilities and um things along those lines so if someone's in rehab and they might 
we are able to detect whether a certain urge might um, pop up that would, you know, make the person want to relapse or something along those lines. So if that's the case, then we would send that message to their immediate care provider and get them help when they need it. So there's a lot of applications that you can do with this product. But um, like I said, this was a good experience. This was more or less when I was finished college. I worked there all summer, um, literally in Brady's apartment, just working side by side. We also worked at another co- with another company at their um, office location um, that did some of the Bluetooth connection and backend coding and whatnot. So that was a good experience. And I will say this, although the company was way more of a startup than Colorado, they had more or less no funding. I didn't get paid. I was just in there for the experience and having a good time, but it, it was a way better experience than any other internship or job I ever had just because I learned for my self-interest things I needed to do and things I knew I could do, but I just didn't know how or why. Um, so that was good experience. Um, and I would like, I'd like to keep working with them in the future. And I wish I was still helping out now, but towards the end of that summer it came down to my house in Southside, the rent, um, or the lease was coming to an end. So I had a decision whether to, you know, find a part-time job and keep paying the rent and find new people to live with and things along those lines, or just to pack my bags up, move back to Philly, um, relocate into my parents' house, save money on rent, and figure out what the next steps for me were. And I think it was the right decision. It was financially the smartest decision, but in the end, uh, living on your own is way, way more beneficial for your own well-being than, you know, living under your parents' roof. And my parents, my family, yeah, my friends are here. Everything's here, and I love everything about it. But um, if you want to be independent, if you want to hustle, you can't really have people in your way and it's yes, stressful. yeah, it is stressful. And there's always that underlying um, sense of responsibility that you have to please your parents. I mean, because right, they right. like we're we hit the lottery ticket. We're born in America. <laughs> right. We went to college. We had mm-hmm. help with it. We mm-hmm. grew up in good neighborhoods. We we're good. We're good kids for <laughs> for uh, where we are now. So that more or less sums up my um, college experience where we left all from high school where we ended up going how we chose it what we did there and how we finished our formal education we hit all those points yeah yeah and that's all good and well but it's really the next step that we want to dive into we want to dive into the reality of not having a schedule not having a class schedule not having grades to focus on not have like we've been conditioned to pass test Mm -hmm. Um, please professors collab with students. We've had this culture embedded in our systems for our whole lives. Like, (laughs) yeah. What is it? Like I'm just turned 24 about a week ago. So, I mean, when did we start? So 20, yeah, like 20 plus years at least. I've been, I've been faking it till I make it as long as Tesco, (laughs) as long as essays and whatnot. We made it. Yeah. We made it. Met some really cool people on the way, learned Mm -hmm. some amazing things, but yeah. It's, it's a whole new ball game once you enter the real world, once you don't have that prerogative in front of your schedule. So without further ado, let's dive into topic number two.
So for the second topic, we kind of going to talk about what to expect after you graduate from, you know, whether you graduated from high school, college, master's, whatever. We're going to kind of dive into those topics. It's significant. So, I mean, I could kind of start off uh, mm-hmm. my experiences, you know, so like, like kind of what I said, alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, when I was done at Duquesne, um, I kind of already had it in my mind while I was at Duquesne that I was going to go get a master's degree in information systems. That was kind of like my dream of what I wanted to do. So uh, kind of going into my senior year, I started applying and taking the GRE. Bro, I mean, when it comes to me, I don't GRE, know, like, what's that? The, I don't even know what it stands for. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, just like any like SAT, any other like standardized test, it's something that you have to take to get to like the next level of schooling. So I kind of had to take it. I mean, I didn't have the grades while oh, I was at the Was this in between... Yeah. So Undergrad this, and yeah. master. Yeah. Okay. So this What's was, it called? G- GRE. So if you're... There's kind of two different exams um, depending on what field you're going into. So... Were they lengthy or... Yeah. It's just like the SAT, really. I mean, um, if you're kind of going more into like a master's of science program, you're going to take the GRE. Okay. If you're going more into a business role, business administration, you know, anything like a MBA program, you're going to take the GMAT, okay, which is like yeah. the business version of the GRE. Basically. For those of you out there like myself, the GRE stands for the Graduate the graduate Record Examination. It's a computer administration test used by many graduate yep. programs to assess potential applicants. Yep. Sounds like fun, dude. Nah, it's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not fun at all. Like, I mean, I, I studied before I took the exam and, you know... Even studying before, I even had like a tutor, you know, my dad was blessed to meet somebody that helped me with that and going in, I still didn't know what I was doing with that. Like, I'm not a, most people out there, we're not good exam takers, you know, I hate taking exams. So going into it, I I struggled. I remember the first time I took it halfway through, I wanted to just walk out the room. Like, literally, I wanted to, you know, I got to the point, I'm just like, all right, you know, I really don't even care. Pencils down and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to walk out the room. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had to take that. How long? How long is it? it? It's like four hours long. Four hours. So, I think think you get like two breaks. You can take two breaks. Pretzels and water. Basically. Uh In between. Yeah, I know. But the breaks of time. So, like, if you take longer than alluded time, so let's say it's 15 minutes, you got only 15 minutes. Like, if you waste your 15 minutes and you're not back yet, the clock that you have to take the exam is still running while you're on that break. So you got to make sure you get back in time. But um, yeah, I mean, like, so I took that before I went to Drexel. Um, and then after that, uh, sent that out, started applying to schools. I actually got into some really good schools that I was looking into. Um, I got into, yeah, you know, Drexel, sure. of course. Drexel, I got into University of San Francisco, San Francisco University, which was really dope. Um, Damn, dude. Definitely looking forward to going out there, but you know how expensive San Francisco is. So, yeah. you know, that was... That you're, was you're, cool. not, you're not coming home if you're going to San Francisco. <laughs> nah, not at all. Yeah, you're living there. <laughs> and then I got into uh, University of Miami. And so it was really between Drexel and University of Miami. Like, I really wanted to go to University of Miami because you know why. That, I know. It's, the U, it's Miami, baby. bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. you, like, you was my childhood <laughs> fantasy school. Yeah, right. When so, I was in high school, Boulder University was really... It, that that's the school that spoke to me the most when i went there i was like this this is it it's beautiful yeah. beautiful mountains great mm-hmm. air <laughs> yep. hot ass fucking colorado <laughs> babes yeah. from all over the west coast Same but um but yeah man miami was my growing up dude i was the biggest U fan dude we're talking 
2001 football team. We're talking what? Ed Reed, Andre Ray Johnson, Willis. Willis. Listen to the running back. Willis McGahee, yep. Clinton Portis, and Frank fucking Gore. Frank deep, Gore man. is still playing and killing. That spot was deep. Yeah, that. I mean, they won it all. So yeah, that <laughs> that made me that made me a fan from the get go. Right. You know, all for the wrong reasons, but you know that that's why I want. Yeah, that's why it's all about the U, baby. All about the U. So yeah, I mean, kind of go back to what I was talking about. Uh, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's pretty much between Drexel and the U. And, and you um, got into the U. Yeah, I did. It's a hard school to get into. It's yeah. I know, like I was actually kind of, I was pretty hyped when I when they. Uh, it's more white collar. It's it. more white collar than people think, and preppy. I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. Oh uh, yeah, I remember because I actually so I have family down there, and I visited in high school because I was actually thinking about applying for undergrad. And when I visited, they said, "Yeah, you have to have this on the um, SAT to get in." And then from there, I was like, "All right, nope, not going <laughs> to get that. I'm not yeah. even going to try applying. Like it's cool, whatever." Like I said, I mean, I'm not really a uh, exam taker. I don't really like taking exams. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I we think got that in common, bro. Yeah. I mean, we, I got through. We all got through. So, that's all that matters. Uh, I think what they kind of look for, though, is if you're more of a well-rounded person, you know, if you're involved, if you've done things outside of class, all that type of stuff. So, I think that's what they really look for in an applicant. Yeah. You know, you can still get through by, again, low scores on like SATs or GREs, yeah. whatever it is. But it um, really matters. All right, but we're getting a little off topic here. We're gonna have a whole a whole new topic on fucking SATs and, stuff, and ways yeah. to get into the college <laughs> you want to and whatnot. But um, and let me now let me just give you a little background yeah. about you know I graduated. I worked that summer finishing up my classes, working with Brady, and then my lease ended and I packed up my bags, left Pittsburgh came and home. came home to Philly. Brotherly love. 215. Um, 215. <laughs> shout out. Um, low key, probably the greatest city I love in the world. Is that a stretch? I think so. Yeah. I mean, ask anyone, to be honest. Philly's definitely <laughs> top one, maybe everybody, two. Everybody. Uh, but, um, and again, I'm sorry for all of this history lessons on me and mario but this is our first episode and we just want you guys to have this foundational episode to track back to see exactly what our goals are in this and where we came from and how we started right. and what we're doing now yeah. so i mean let me just add a point here yeah like, i think from what we're saying you guys can kind of learn so much about especially if you're going through that process right now of being a freshman in college like everything that we talked about during our first topic and our second topic you kind of see like, oh, like these guys are this. I mean, they might, I might not do that. I might do something different. So. Yeah, offering new perspectives. Right. right? It, so everything that we did that was wrong, you can kind of take it and yeah. do the right things that you want to do. Yeah, this podcast is by no means going to be perfect, but it's something that we both agree that we would be very yes, fortunate to have before even entering college. Even, yep. yeah. So, so anyway, driving five hours back from Pittsburgh, back home. <laughs> set up my new life here yeah (laughs) and so this was my mindset post-graduation i didn't really put a lot of effort while i was in college thinking about what my next step was gonna be and that's my biggest regret because in college you have so much free time you have so much things you can do so many things to try that i was really just in college for the experience meeting new people chasing chicks 
listening to new music, learning how to play music, just yep. doing, just enjoying life, enjoying life, dude. That's honestly why I'd recommend going to college. I wouldn't go to college if I could do it again. I would not go for the educational purposes unless I knew what I wanted to do. And I was going to school specifically for that. No, I went to college for the experience. I went to, I wanted to live on my own. I want to meet new people. I want the whole experience. Yep, yep. And that is something I, I'll hold on to the rest of my life. College was worth it for that. If you can afford to go on a four-year hiatus and (laughs) have fun, do it. Definitely do it. But getting back to what I was saying, I didn't – my understanding throughout all of college was that I'm going to get the degree. And once I got this degree, I had my golden ticket. I had some minuscule internship experience, which I could, you know, blow up to be a lot more than it was. So it looked good on resumes. I had some projects I did it like in school that I threw on my resume, but long story short, I thought the degree was going to land me a job right after college. Computer science is a massive industry. There's a lot of uh, demand for jobs even today. And this is what a year and a half to two years after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got home. I was excited to be done. I hated school. I wanted to, I wanted to get my hands dirty. I wanted to, I was eager. I'm still eager to this day. I'm super passionate about whatever I'm working on at the time. But yeah, man, the degree, yeah. the degree is by no means a fucking golden ticket. Dude, yeah, it's I, not, you know, yeah, I'm going to hop it. in here, man. Cause like so many people talk about it and say that, you know, you have a degree in computer science or you have a degree in information system. Everyone like, do. Everyone says that's, that's like the most important field right now. You know, you, you're definitely going to get a job, all this other type of stuff. And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. You know, when you apply to a job, most of these companies are saying that you got to have three, four or five years of experience. And it's just like, how can I have that much experience when I was in school for these years? You know, so it just, just because yeah. you have that degree doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get the job that you want. Right. Exactly. You, you know, it just doesn't work like that. So back to um, that responsibility, the overhanging um, sense of. Yeah, responsibility that you have to make your parents proud of you. You know, like getting a degree, being you as yourself, your parents are going to love you no matter what. And if not, you don't have your parents around, you have people around you that love you, everyone. Yeah, of course. Um, But so that's that's a chip on my shoulder I had when I came home. A uh, full-time job was applying to jobs, expanding my network, meeting new people, Updating my resume every goddamn day. Everyone and their mother thinks they have the perfect resume. So I would always, I was so gullible. I would just, someone's like, nah, dude, this is what you want. No, that's what you want. No, I paid a hundred dollars for this guy to make a professional resume for me. I was like, oh shit, I'm just going to copy that and not pay that. I don't even think that exists. A perfect resume. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, what they'll tell you and what you'll learn after college is you really have to cater your resume towards every single position that you're Mm -hmm. applying for um you need to look at the company you have to look at what their culture is and what they're looking um what type of person they're looking to hire and then you have to cater your resume to speak towards exactly what they're looking for and then once you get that once they get that on their table and they call you in for an interview then it's all up to you to just play that role play the part and um and give your best shot and you're not gonna get the job (laughs) even if you do get give your best shot that's not for everyone. Most of my friends got jobs on their first or second tries, but as Doesn't far as my like that. yeah, as far as my experience goes, 
I had some unreal interviews post-graduation. I Right after, right when I came home from Philly, came home around August of that summer. September, I was, I've been in talks for like two months with this uh, security, software security um, company, uh, I think Checkpoint. And, you know, I had, I knew some people there and it seemed like a great opportunity and their training program would send you to Israel for three months. And I so was like, Dallas, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm getting all points. So anyway, they, they liked me. I had two phone interviews beforehand and long story short, they ended up flying me all exclusive out to Dallas. They put me up in a hotel room. I was one of probably like 30 or 40 kids they brought in for this. It was like a summer camp. Like we all met up in the lobby the next morning and got on a bus and went to the their office building location and we just carried out interviews. Um, and so I had three in-person interviews and then we had to present some project. We had to sell them on some sort. And this was for a sales engineer role. Um, so it's kind of like you're the technical expert on like a sales team more or less um that's interesting that was the most exciting interview experience i've had um leaving dallas in the airport on the way home i wasn't i wasn't like you know you'll have interviews where like i killed it i crushed that shit you'll have interviews where like i fucking choked to death i'm sweating my ass off i was just speaking out my ass Yeah, yeah yeah and then there's other internships where like fuck it, you're a good kid. You did what you had to do. Maybe they'll take a chance on you. And that's how I felt leaving the Dallas one. Um, yeah. Fast forward a few weeks, followed up. You always got to follow up. I met a lot of cool people down there. I met people, representatives, managers in New York, in San Francisco, in Washington, Virginia, all over the map. Really nice people. Got their contact information. Emailed all of them the week after I got home. And I didn't hear back from anyone um, of those people I reached out to. And not only those people I met, but also the HR department, the company in general. I never heard anything back from not an email, not a phone call, nothing, which was so fucking bizarre because how are they going to fly me all the way out to Dallas? I mean, granted, there was probably 30 people there and they're probably hiring, I'd say 10 to 20 of them. So I had decent odds. Like I was probably like the one third of people who didn't it's get a job. But yeah. But yeah, the way like how much money did it cost me to come out there and like fucking play with myself down there? Like, and, I don't know, but right. that's on them. But to not even get a call back, do you know how degrading that is and how much I kill my self esteem? I because I was excited about this. I felt like I said I felt confident, but I wasn't dead set that I wasn't positive they were gonna they were gonna hire you for the uh, yeah yeah get back to me but it's always I mean it's always like that you never really know what yeah. goes into that whole process of so that was that was my first like big boy experience um you know on the job hunt on the interviews and whatnot following that I've applied to SAP a bunch a bunch of times they're a major um business software probably I think they're the second largest software company um for business oh. in the world after Oracle which is based out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, SAP's headquartered right here in Newtown Square, right outside of Philadelphia. It's literally like two minutes away from my house, so that would have been ideal. I applied there probably like 20, 30 times. I had two in-person interviews and separate jobs, but um, the one I felt really good about, um, after the interview, within 12 hours, I got a rejection letter. So that that. that murdered my self-esteem as well because I'm thinking – 
I did so much goddamn prep. Dude, I was such a dweeb, though. I'm into 3D printing and whatnot. So I printed these two guys I was going to be interviewing for. I, I don't know what the hell I was going for, but I 3D printed these dope-ass SAP um, keychains for them, and they were sick. I would upload pictures. Or I'll let you guys see these at some point. But So that you printed out these keychains and gave it to them? Dude, I printed out two SAP keychains, <laughs> and I did obviously I did my research on the people interviewing me, so I know one went to Penn, and the other one was Indian, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to relate to him at all. Right. Um, so I printed him out a little Penn University logo and what? gave that to him too, dude. These were sick prints. I worked hard <laughs> on these. I didn't know you did that. I did do that. And it had to be like 10 hours, like after I just got like a very basic automated rejection letter. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. So you can't like, do anything. About yeah. That. <laughs> um, other than that, the other, there's two other um, experiences I can recall. One, which was probably my most exciting experience was comcast um i was interviewing for a software developer in test position whatever the fuck that is um apparently it's a new term that microsoft created like back in 2012 for you know just testing software on a large scale but um i felt somewhat qualified for the job even though i had no idea what it was but the interview was so amazing. Comcast just built a brand new skyscraper in Philly. The second the second skyscraper, the new tallest building in Philly. Beautiful facility, state of the art. I walked in there, suit and tie. I had my notebooks. I had everything. And I get up there. I meet the guy, the main manager. This was a four-hour interview, by the way. It was, thir- it was like 30 minutes between five or six different people. Three of them were Indian geniuses, but talked a million words for a minute in broken english one, one was on was a, a video chat and she kept cutting in and out i had no idea what she was saying anyway the back the the scene of this interview was amazing i was all the way up on this development uh floor in the comcast building i it, it felt like i was a hundred floors up all glass uh windows uh walls around me so i could see all of philadelphia was beautiful i'm like i need to be coming here every day and working that's that was my mindset so why was that whole interview process like that why did they why was it so long you mean yeah why did they have you going through so i guess it was part of so the first person i met was um a manager of a team or a director of a team and i was applying for a job on his team so i guess his idea was that yeah, the process of the whole thing was to talk to like members or representatives of each part of the team. So there was an engineer, there was um, a quality assurance tester, there was other forms of testers, um, product managers. So there was different disciplines of people I was talking to all for one team that I would be working for. So I think I did pretty good. Um, I think I did the best I could to show how passionate and enthusiastic yeah. I was for the position. But as far as the technical, uh, what a, aspect, of yeah, it. yeah, technical aspect, um, credentials they were looking for, I don't think I spoke as clearly as they wanted me to. Not, yeah, and I, I don't even think I could if I wanted to because I mean I don't I don't know like what the role was. I didn't even know what they were really looking, looking for. for. So I went in there and I did I did try what you I did, did research. Do they? In the initial phone interviews, they told me the guy really liked me and he said he never does this, but I'm going to tell you names to look up and certain topics to research and some videos to watch because he was pulling for me. So I spent three, four full days just prepping, writing like 
10 pages of notes on everything I could find about testing at scale. Yeah. Things along those lines, but it was just too much information to cram to speak confidently about it in person right. and fluently. But, so, but if it's an entry level position and yeah. it's a large corporation like that, can't they have you come in and train? Like, you know, I understand if it's a smaller company where they're kind of pressed for and looking for somebody, yeah, who's, to start right away, right? Who's well experienced, who knows what they're doing coming in. But if it's a large corporation like that, and if it's an entry level position, they should be able to have you come in and train you, especially if you know the basics. Yeah. And you did. here I am a year later and I still am trying to piece together exactly what entry level means. <laughs> there's entry level, there's junior roles and there's associate positions. Now Which I've been told, the same. Like, I've been told by higher ups that associate positions are what you want to look for because those are really kind of shadowing positions. Like they'll give you the basic the training that you need, but then you're kind of, you're an associate to someone, you're assisting someone, you're learning under someone. So, What's an entry level then? Well, like, dude, I have I no, I have no idea. I have no said. idea what entry level is. Do you see an entry level position? You go down the requirements. They want five to seven years of ah, React JS um, experience, which yeah. I don't even know was out five years ago. And that's or, the dilemma that we have here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Very that, big dilemma. Yeah, that is the golden <laughs> golden situation we find ourselves in. Is what the fuck do that? Like, what what's an entry level job? So. More or less, I I think the the right path to take if you're looking to get to work right away and you're not having as much luck is you're going to have to find that data entry job. You're going to have to find that IT position. It, you're going to have to find a lo- like a mailroom type situation of a position. F- work there for six months, learn, absorb as much as you can, meet people there, connect and just work your way up until you have leverage in on your resume to find a job that piques your interest more. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kind of hop in here, but yeah. uh, I mean, we kind of just said all that just so that we can kind of get to the point where we kind of start giving you an understanding of when you're not finding that job and how do you strategically plan around that? Because, you know, you don't want to be sitting around looking for a job, applying to jobs 24 seven. Like, you know, you have different things that you want to do. So, if Max could kind of, you know, talk about a little bit more about how you strategically plan your day, you know, outside of applying to jobs. And yeah, stuff. I am not fit to give advice because I'm someone who I write I write out this happens like once probably every month. I write out the perfect day. So for me, it would look something like this. Going to bed by two in the morning, which is probably the earliest I go to sleep regularly. So go to bed at two, wake up at 8 a.m. That's six hours of sleep. That's all you need to be efficient for the rest of the day. So this is my perfect day right here. Wake up at 8 a.m., make coffee, go on a walk, go on a nature hike in my backyard, doing something that gets you active, but relaxing at the same time, gets you ready for the day. Um, After that, I would spend a half an hour planning out the rest of my day because every day is not going to be the same old thing. Um, So I would figure that out and make adjustments in my schedule towards what, you know, whatever networking event I was going, if I was shooting an episode for the diving in podcast, if I was, you know, had a doctor appointment, if I had, you know, worked at my part-time job, I'd have to, but ideally the core things I wanted to incorporate in my daily schedule was one waking up early two dedicating an hour, two hours every day to working out, and going to the gym and increasing my health. 
spending an hour to two hours learning a new skill. And that to me was either watching YouTube videos, taking notes, reading a book, or just straight up practicing. And then another um, curriculum on the, like this perfect day I had in mind was also just working on myself, working on whatever businesses I was thinking about, you know, project planning, you know, just trying to get new experiences with new things I could do on my own, you know, and just trying to, you know, better myself every day. Right. And I, I haven't had one day like this and I plan it out by the hour, like exactly what I want to do. (laughs) And I can't, I can't do it, dude. I set my alarms. (laughs) I shut them all off. I wake up late as hell. I feel groggy and shitty. By the time I wake up and get my coffee, there's already something I'm late for, whether that's a haircut or um, meeting someone at the gym or going to a networking event. So I'm not someone who's capable of giving advice on how to routinely plan your day, but it is important to have that mindset that you want to do X, Y, and Z every day because right, repetition right. is everything. Yeah. It only takes, what do they say, 20 or 30 days to make something a habit. Make, yeah, make a hobby a habit. Right. So, one, yeah. if you go to the gym for 30 days in a row, you're going to hate, you're going to feel super shitty when you don't go to the gym. And that's what you want to do. Right. You, that's the mentality you want to be in. You want to feel shitty when you don't make progress in whatever ventures you're working on. Or if you didn't make any network connections that day or something along those lines, like you want to get in a routine of having healthy and proactive and day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like time management is not something that's very easy to do. No. And it's so underrated. dude. It's one of those things. Yeah, it is. And it's one of those things where you just got to keep practicing it, keep doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't even think the people out there who say they're good time managers are good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you are so, good. You're good at it, though. I are better think, than uh, me. You have your. I've gotten better, but it's still one of those things where I don't know. I, I still suck at it. You know, there's certain days where I'm like, OK, I'm going to do this at this time. I'm going to do this at this time. Do that at that time. And then you get to the point where it's time to do it. And you just be like, oh, I don't feel like doing it. <laughs> yeah. And then you just, uh-huh. just chilling the whole day. That's like almost anything. every day. Like, so <laughs> I'm like happens. I'm like a year and a half post Great. education. Yeah. yeah. Post going to classes, taking tests and whatnot. And um and yeah, it's important that you find stuff in your life that excites you to allow you to keep learning okay. into the future on your own time. Cause now you're not cramming in information the night before a test. So just so you could get a B, B minus B plus, and then forget that information. You're at the point in your life where you have to get excited on your own and you have to dive into it. You have to embellish it all. You have to read about it. You have to practice. You have to talk to others. You have to, you know, collaborate things along those lines. Right. Yeah. Being an adult is hard, man. You know, once you're done with school, that's when when it hits you. You know, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to be a kid until I'm fucking 35, <laughs> oh, 40. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. At the very course. earliest because <laughs> I'm a kid. Yeah. I love being a kid. But oh, that yeah. doesn't mean I can't make money and I can't, you know, be an influence yeah. out in the community. Right, it's just, right. It, gotta, it, there's, no, there's no guideline. There's no path to success that you that is tailored for you specifically. You yeah. got to, you got to make that on your own. And right. that takes a lot of time management. Yep. Like we said, it takes planning Motivation. And, and you can plan until the fucking world ends, but the, taking the action, action is that's where that's I've really, that's where I've been lacking a lot is cause I mean, it's the, pre- you, I don't have 
depression day to day but after a year and a half of you feel it i mean no, uh, yeah just applying it. to jobs and shit like i don't even want to that's, that's why depressing I, in itself that's <laughs> why i know dude because your parents are always, always asking on you. your grandparents always. are calling always, always asking everybody your family you just have every like you it's the worst feeling when you have really everyone in your corner everyone wants the best for you everyone wants success right right, right. we're talking about like not only your friends and family but like your fam. like my parents friends are all my right. parents friends of friends my parents feel like a lack of you know, like they feel responsible to help me as much as I can because probably two thirds of the people you know right now in college are gonna get jobs through their parents' companies or through their uncles' companies or right. through their friends' Close companies, things like that. Me and Mario didn't really have that um, situation nope. for us, but that's not saying we don't have people like that in our corner who are pulling for us. They just don't have as much pull to be like, all right, get your ass in here, you're hired, things like that. Right, so, right, right. Um, so that just means it's more action on us that we have to gotta find you know, a put way. on our yeah, put on our shoulders, you know, carry that weight. But yeah, I mean like being an adult is not easy whatsoever. You know, once you're done with school, you gotta like you don't have the excuses of class to say, Oh yeah, I got class, so yeah. I don't have to do this or do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, you nah, you gotta you gotta do something, you know, yeah. or you're just gonna be in a sitting. You in don't house. have straightforward goals right. like getting a grade on a test nope. or passing a class or something along like you have to set your own goals and All make them the window. and make them something that you can really embellish in and like be proud of yourself that you accomplish these goals. And right. for me, that's just hard when there's no feedback, when there aren't people saying like, Hey, you got an A minus on that research you just did. I was like, I don't know. That's a that's a shitty example, but still, you gotta you gotta that's just put it. Even matter anymore. I know that's what I'm saying, but like it's hard, like not, not having really someone overlooking you, like monitoring like the work you do. Because fuck, I just wanna, I just wanna watch TV and play games. <laughs> like I, I don't have the entrepreneur mindset. Like I know my one buddy Ethan Trusty. Shout out to Trusty Busty. Ethan, he's um, shout out. yeah mario knows him he's a young entrepreneur in the area he's mm-hmm. gonna be doing big things. big things he's he'll be on the show no doubt about right. it right we'll get him um, drag him on here if we have to but ethan <laughs> he comes over to my house with my other friend billy damn near every night we hang out and we collab we just bounce ideas off each other we have a good time but this kid cannot sit still and just watch tv or he can't play just sit down play a game and enjoy himself he's always doing something and it bugs the hell out of me (laughs) he's always playing my guitars learning new guitar he's getting good as shit at it he's playing with my photography setup he's just always if if he doesn't have anything to do he'll just bug us to the point where we get in a conversation with him about something he wants to talk about i mean he's a continuous learner really yeah yeah and that mindset Although, albeit annoying as hell, if you're not in it, <laughs> it takes you far. That that will take you far, and that's the mindset you want to be in. You always want to be doing always. something. You always want to be working towards something, even if it's as minor as playing "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" on the guitar. Dude. That's <laughs> things yeah, like that, yeah. dude. You got. He just yeah. takes small steps in everything he does and works at it. And I just want him to shut the hell up so i go watch family guy with billy or something like that (laughs) and that's not me all the time but like when i'm home and i'm relaxed especially um if i got off a shift of working i'm currently just a fucking busser at a restaurant um i started that midsummer just to get my pants off my back about getting some income yeah Yeah. and that's taken me far as well i met like the people i work with are awesome i met some 
the people there are doing their own things such as photography and private businesses and things like that um and it it's a good income and it gives me a sense of humbleness doing <laughs> filling up people's water and clearing <laughs> off their dishes there's there's humble in the fact that I'm a glorified right. janitor, but um, <laughs> making bread though. <laughs> it is taking me far though. I was I saved up enough money in my first like two right. three weeks to buy my very first camera. I've always been into photography, but I never had the equipment myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to invest through my like sweat and running around. I'm not gonna say tears, but running around all day, getting my hands dirty with gross wasabi and dish. I work at a Thai food restaurant. It, it humbles you because it allows you to actually work and sweat for money that you're going to invest in yourself with. And that's why I've been doing lately. Um, but yeah, and that's just a stepping stone because if you want to move out of your, if you want to be financially stable one day, financially independent, if you want to live on your own in an apartment with your friends or even by yourself in any size city, you're going to need, you're going to need income and more steady income and more income than I'm currently getting as a busser. So yeah. And I'll, so it's hard to figure out. And I was about to say, like, how long you're gonna be there for and whatnot. You know, yeah. And that's, I mean, his story right there. Both of our stories are perfect examples. You know, like it's not gonna be easy for you, anybody coming out of college. Like, not not everybody has that clear pathway where it's yeah. like, okay, I'm done with college, I'm gonna get a job, everything's gonna be good, life is gonna be good. No, like you're gonna have to go through those little stumbles. You're gonna have to dig yourself out of a hole, essentially. Yeah, it pretty and much figure out what you want to do. It pretty much breaks down to three categories of people post graduation. Yeah. Comes to people who are nurses, lawyers, <laughs> ex doctors, etc., that will continue their education for the next six years. A good amount of my friends are doing that right now. You're Can't gonna be making bread. Not for me. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no, dude. I was done with school one. I jumped right. off that stage at the right. end. But I should have been done with school when I left Duquesne, man. <laughs> I should have, yeah, high school I was ready to be done. But right. All right, all right. so three people, those people that continue education, whether that's they want to get their master's and PhD, whether they want to continue in nursing school, things like that. Right. And there's, we need people like that. So I respect that. Then there are people that come out of college with with everything set up for Figure them, whether they already know they're job. working for a family business right. or if they, they already have, have an internship they had that's going to hire them right. or they have their own thing. They have, they have a, a third of the people, maybe even more than that, know exactly what they're doing after they graduate. Mm-hmm. And then there's the last third of people who are like me and Mario, who have large aspirations, who trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, don't really know what we want to do, but know that we're destined for big things. And if we can help one of you out there, just one person, then that's what this is all about. So, but going back to that third category, there, there are people who just went to school and had less of an idea of what they'd like to do after leaving school than they did going into it. Right. And that could be tricky. That could be scary, especially when you're young, you're eager, you want to work, you want to have a shitty job just so you get that experience. And it's not available to you no matter how hard you try. So, um, I mean, I think one thing though that I've learned is that even if you don't really know what you want to do, I think that's kind of exciting at the same time because you're kind of like open book. Yeah. It can be anything. You can go out and do anything. Whether yeah. you want to do photography. And like you have design. to have an open mind if you're going to take that route. Right. And having an open mind is... It's very important. It's so valuable. Yeah. It's, it's a must-have if you want to be successful because right. if we were all as open-minded about Bitcoin or blockchain or drop shipping or e-commerce yeah. like right when it started then we you know we wouldn't even be making this podcast we'd be making money like right. 
It yeah. was like it wasn't even anyone's. If you're like 22 years old, just done with college, like, and you don't know what you want to do, I was the best thing I would say, and Max can agree with me on this, mm-hmm. is just go out and travel. You know, just see the yeah, world, yeah. Go travel for a few months, and just live life, and do a yeah. whole bunch of different things, and figure it out what you want to do. You know, even if you take a whole year off, you come back. Yeah, and 23 years old. I was gonna say that. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. One that's it's easier to say than do because. It of takes course. money. I mean, you can obviously yeah. travel on a budget. and But if you want to be somewhere long enough to experience the culture and see the sites that you want to see and, you know, really absorb what is going on in these other places around the world, then it takes money. Right. You can get but, a job while you're over there if you can. You know, yeah. some people have been able to Well, that's, that what, that's what you did, dude. You were valeting cars yeah. for how long? Well, no, you can actually get a job in that country. No, I know what you're saying. But what I'm too, saying is like you. Yeah, I did have a job before I left. Yeah. So yeah. I saved some money. So the second part of the statement I'm trying to make is that you need money to travel, but at the same time, you are fucking young. If you don't know who Gary V is, Gary, was it? Gary Vanderchuk. Vanderchuk. <laughs> Check him you out. All, you all know who he is. Everybody, who's listening yeah, to this, but get some knowledge in you because you are so fucking young. When you're 35, you're young as hell. When you're 40, you can be still working towards your goals. Because I could be doing this data entry. I could be a software engineer when I'm 60 fucking five years old. If everything, if all else fails by the time I'm, let's say, 30 or 35, which is still very young, then I might start thinking about entering back into the job pool of jobs that pay me a reasonable anywhere right. from 50 to 120K a year, something that I could live on my own with, things like that. But as of right now, I, I spent a year being a full-time you know, interviewer applicant I'm not giving up. I'm still applying to jobs every day because I do crave that experience and meeting new people and traveling through a company, maybe Mm -hmm. even going back to get my master's through a company, things like that. Those are the ideal situations. But after, I'm just tired, man. After a year of doing that, I'm tired. Just rejection after rejection. It's annoying after a while. Changing your resume every day, Mm -hmm. connecting with new people with shallow intentions. Like it's, it gets old, man. So what I'm trying to say is, you're young as hell, no matter who you are. Even if you are 50 and you want to make a new career move, you're do it, man. I mean, who who's to say they're not going to come out with fucking healthcare technology that'll make you 150, you know? <laughs> so, right. yeah, I mean, and I so, kinda, travel, so travel, travel, definitely. experience, work on your own pursuits, create a business, you know, experience what you want to try to do. And when you fail, you build off that. If you yeah. succeed the first time, great yeah that's fucking yeah Yeah. (laughs) you did it i I don't know how you did it but you did it but long story short is you're gonna fail in life more in doing what you really really are passionate about Mm -hmm. than anything else in life so i just kind of yeah want to add a little point here like to what max was saying about being young i mean yeah i think so much in our society people put a lot of pressure on you when you're young to have everything figured out yeah and i mean that's just not the truth you know, you could be 22 coming out of college and even when like eight years later, you're only 30 years old and still be really young and still have time to figure everything out. So I just think that as a society, we just got to stop putting pressure on people to have everything figured out at such a young age, especially yeah. when, you know, like it's a good example. Of, a lot of people will say, you know, when you're in high school, you're asking to go to the bathroom and then you expect somebody like four or five years after that to have everything <laughs> figured out when. You were just asking exactly. to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense. So, and a lot of that's the, that time. responsibility. The you know your parents 
you you just want to impress people. You want to show them that you can do it on your own. That right. You are capable, and um, you want to show people that you're doing well. But if you're serious about doing what you're doing, if you're serious about making in whatever way you want to make it, then you gotta only focus on yourself. Cut out the people in your life that aren't supporting you. Just way way sometimes. easier said than done because. All of my best friends are fucking idiots, but I love them to death. Like I can't just cut them off cold turkey, no, no, but at the same time, you can limit who you, like when you hang out with them and you can increase the time that you spend with people who are Actually, making you better. Right. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with yeah. that at all. And me and Mario, we bounce, we complement each other nicely. We have similar goals. Bounce ideas and all that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's important to find someone in your life who's like similar that. like that, right. Not to say you can't do it on your own, but. But anyway, getting back to being the young thing, um, how old do you think two chains is? Do you know how old he is? Don't look at my computer, just nah, take a little nah. guess. I'm gonna try to figure this out. I think, yo, he's probably say 35. No, I'll say like 33. 35 is not a bad guess. He is fucking 42 years old. Two chains. What? He just That's crazy. Right? He's been a musician, a big musician for more than like ten, maybe fifteen years, and uh, I, I yeah. love the hell out of him. But recently, he's been doing this little Vice YouTube right. video called "Most Expensive Is Shit." Probably the Max put me onto that. Probably the greatest YouTube show yeah. ever created. I mean, but like honestly, for him though, he didn't really come big until like I'll say twenty twelve. Like I remember the first time I really heard him was on um like Drake's song with uh, No Lie. Yeah, dude, he, I feel like that's when yeah, he really kind of got big. So that was only that's only but seven what, yeah, years ago. But what I'm saying is like he's continually working on himself. He's continually expanding to new online ventures. Come, still putting out fire music. But when you oh, watch him in interviews, he seems like a kid. Like honestly, I thought he might be like 29, maybe 30. <laughs> And he's just so goofy and so honest and so straightforward. So on the yeah, so so much on the right path that yeah. you don't yeah, I don't know. You think he's one of those kids that came out young and just made all the right, right moves, kinda like um Yeah. Yeah, Nipsey Hustle kind of type mentality, but nah man, he he probably started his come up at thirty. Right. And twelve years later, now he he has that he has property, he has money, yeah. he has albums, he has a show, he has a book, he he does it all. And at forty two, if I could get if I could be where he is, anything close to like how happy he is at fifty, I'd be, be you know that'd happy. be a life well lived. You know, right, right. So it's never too young to start what you're pat like start your journey on what you're really passionate about what you can see yourself doing in the near future and at the same time you got to keep an open mind because once you make it big in one thing that can only lead to other opportunities that you have to be open towards Facts. as far as that could be investing into the stock market like ashton kutcher did with his money like will smith is probably one of the biggest uh instagram presence now mm-hmm. he transitioned from the f- movie screen into the social media thing which has done wonders for him and right. his brand yeah um, so things like that, you just got to keep an open mind. Even if you find success, it's probably more important that you're open to new opportunities. Right. Once you, you gotta, yeah, you go. gotta be able to adapt, you know, especially with everybody always says technology is changing rapidly. So you gotta be able to change along with it. You gotta be able to adapt. So that's the, yeah. that's the point of it. All right. So let's wrap this up. So I'm a year and a year and a half now out of post-graduation crazy, man. no more education i know you're <laughs> a little more fresh 
right. off the yeah, boat recently. after finishing gra- uh, really grad school. Really since March. Since March. Yeah. So you you've been in the in the ship for a while. Yeah. Kind um, of. I mean, but I would say since June because I officially graduated in June, but I've been done with school since March. Yeah. But the highlight where I am right now, I've applied to a lot of jobs. I have amazing interviews. Well, cool location to interviews but not really you know hit out of the ballpark type interviews on my end but still i got to meet a lot of cool people got to you know see the ins and outs of some of these massive corporations that are right local to me um but i don't know dude there's more there's more to life out there than i know this is going to sound cliche but working for another another person's agenda you know no matter how high up you are at any corporation, you're always going to be working towards some something that someone else has Just planned for you to do. Yeah, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you're going to make money doing that and gain experience. And that, if you can do it, do it. But at the same time, it's not you're you're not going to be left in the dust if you decide to take another route. And that's what we're trying to express here in this podcast is that we're trying to make what we're passionate about into a reality something that can support us financially something something that brings us happiness um something that keeps us healthy and fit and things along those lines so so with that being said this concludes this week's episode of the diving in podcast and thank you so much for everyone tuning in make sure you catch us next week we will be discussing topics related to furthering your education for your own well-being narrowing down what passions you have and which direction to go and take you on the real world head on it's about that time i'm ready mario's ready i know you're ready let's get it love you all that's deuces